you know, it's that phrase, it's a great phrase, um, how you do anything is how you do everything. Welcome back to the Run Alive podcast, the podcast that explores the relationship between running, coaching, and personal improvement. This week's theme is learning in the service of others and how having someone else as the focus of what you're learning and improving yourself can give you so much drive and satisfaction in doing that. I, I'd say ask questions massively. Ask questions. Uh, don't be scared of sounding stupid, you know. Um, no matter how stupid a question is, someone else might be thinking it, you know. So ask questions in meetings, ask questions in teams, ask questions to people, um, and even ask questions of yourself. This week's guest absolutely brings that to life brilliantly. He's got a few roles in his life. He's a deep expert in a number of things. He's a physiotherapist. He lectures on that. He's a coach. Uh, what will come through to you is how humble and understated he is, especially given some of the company that he keeps. He hangs out in a deeply high performance world, but he wears it very lightly. You'll also hear his amazing technical knowledge and how he keeps on top of that and brings that to bear in his work. But I think most of what stood out to me and Ed was his ability and willingness just to keep learning and reinventing himself and that the engine for that is service of other people and facilitating the greatness of others. Because everyone stands at the start line and everyone's got 200 meters to run, but he stood on that side and he felt like he, he was already behind. I mean, you need to catch up. And it's like, well, everyone's got 200 meters, mate. You're not behind. Alex O'Gorman is a physiotherapist who's currently working for British Triathlon and has previously worked for Ineos Grenadiers cycling team and British Athletics. He lectures on a master's programme at St Mary's University and works with elite athletes such as Jake Whiteman. He also coaches sprinters that have represented Great Britain and won medals at British and European Championships. What makes you come alive? Challenges would make me come alive. So I like puzzles, I like challenges, I like to be uh, stimulated, always have a problem to solve. Um, that's what makes me come alive, really. Um, but that probably centers around to uh, challenges that are engaged with helping people and helping people be their best selves and trying to strive for something big. That's fantastic. So there's a big thing here for you in... You want to help people get there, but you yep. don't necessarily want it to be easy or you're attracted to the kind of tricky thing? Uh, yeah, I'm stimulated by the tricky thing. Yeah, um, I think like if you sort of ask me my personal values, um, sort of, um, I would sort of dial it down to sort of integrity, honesty, um, growth, um, and performance uh, sort of mindset, really. So um, trying to do everything as best as possible. So, yeah, I think growth is a big part of it and so if something is easy and not very stimulating is, is it growth that would be my question so there's something for you which is for it to be worth doing yeah something's got to be really challenging about it and it's gonna change the people involved yeah yeah it's got to be challenging for me um yeah it has to be challenging it has to be um it has to be meaningful and i think like for me, everyone's kind of got to be sort of pulling in the same direction and, you know, wanting the same thing. I think, you know, I, I've I've worked with people in the past that, um, 
maybe aren't as excited by the challenge or um, you know, maybe in the situation they're very talented, but um, yeah, they don't, for me, I'd say like the mindset isn't there and yeah, it's, it doesn't really fit with me. So yeah, as much as much about the challenges, about the person you're doing it with is, you know, you go on a journey, it's who you go with is it's quite important. You're a coach and a physio in elite sport. High performance is obviously a given across uh, how you, where you work. But you just spoke about challenge and solving puzzles and going on a journey with the right person, with the right mindset. Is is that what sets you apart as a coach or is there something else? Um, I guess for me, I, I sort of, uh, yeah, as I say, the, the challenge and um, sort of like breaking that puzzle down is exciting, but person or the people you're working with is, is all equally important. Um, so, uh, yeah, for me uh, as a coach, um, so I, I coach, let's say, uh, a few sprinters, they all have very different programs and I, I, I sort of come at it very differently with each one um, because it's, it's about in the individual. So I have a very individualistic sort of approach really uh, with that. Um, and not only in terms of maybe if you were to like sort of phenotype, you know, phenotype them as a sprinter, maybe uh, what sort of sprinter they are, how they sort of react to certain stimulus, but how they are as people. Um, I think that sort of it, it's integrated into how how they are as people integrates into how they're going to um, execute a performance around a technical skill and approach a skill and approach a sport. That makes a lot of sense, bearing in mind what you just said about mindset and the right, the, you know, them being in the right. Um, yeah, the right frame of mind to actually execute and, um, and 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 achieve, um, but it's it's more than a mindset, right? It's it's about it's about more it's about more holistic approach for them as individuals. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I, I definitely. So the way I treat it as a physiotherapist and the way I sort of um, would approach uh, sort of coaching an athlete, it's uh, so holistic. It's it's bringing all the parts together uh, for me because I think like. So, if I, if I was trying to explain this, if you had a, if you had someone with a, a knee injury, um, you can be this sort of take this approach where you zero in on the knee and follow your knee and what's wrong with that knee. But for me, it's like well, you can't really treat the knee without considering what's happening below it for an ankle or above around the hip, but also how they move in their sport, how they move as an individual, what strength qualities they have, etc. So, if I come to an athlete and I'm looking at an athlete and working with athletes like well what makes them tick you know what experiences have they had what are their beliefs um what are their life experiences you know it's that whole saying of like uh you know if i if i had exactly the same experiences as you and lived exactly the same life as you i'd make exactly the same choices as you do you know um so really having that sort of i guess that empathy to um to tap into that person's world and that person's lens of of their reality it is is important because if there's someone that needs a lot of information um, and a lot of reasoning around stuff, you've got to provide that because any sort of um, program that you try and deliver or any sort of you know suggestion or goal that you're going to sort of approach, that you need to come with reasoning and logic and you know the steps of why you would get there. But if someone is emotive and is stimulated by you know sort of um, frills and um you know constantly needing new stimulus new challenge you know sort of this uh, sort of that low dopamine you know 
you've got to always provide something new, change it up. It's always exciting, you know, whereas, you know, it's like I had this conversation yesterday, literally, it's like, well, you have someone like that and you've got to constantly be changing, evolving things and making it exciting. But underneath that, you need that, that almost that undercurrent of objectivity, of logical progression, of understandable sort of sequential building blocks for you to track stuff, you know? Mm. Yeah. What's coming through hugely is the, is the holistic picture. And you used a word way back, so integrity. Mm. And, and my classical education is bare minimum, but there's something integral wholeness, right? When Was there something that triggered this realisation for you that looking holistically at the athlete at the person can you pinpoint a time or an incident or even set of experiences where you were like oh i need to go broader here and look holistically at the people that i'm working with uh i think it's sort of so for me i, I was an athlete myself um sort of reasonable i, I sort of dipped under 30 uh, 30 minutes for 10k once um and um, a little bit more than reasonable yeah yeah <laughs> great it's a great uh, interjection yeah I, I will put the uh i will put the ethics there about the the, the measurement of the call <laughs> to traffic 10k but, All right, well, um, and I'm, I'm going to put the uh, asterisk and reveal your age and say that was before super shoes so there we go let's see yeah. that one up All right. yeah keep, yeah, yeah, keep, yeah keep going I'll, I'll have that caveat in there as well for <laughs> sure um i've just been very fortunate to have very good experiences and influenced by very um very good people and um if you talk about my physio journey i was a young runner who got a bit banged up um so i trained in sheffield when i was younger and uh certain, someone called jess ennis who trained at around the same time at don valley and uh her one of her training group members said i'll go see this physio up in leeds it's called holly um so this is ali rose so i traveled up to leeds age 16 17 at that time, I had my mind set on being a doctor, doing a medical degree. And, um, yeah, I saw Ali and she beat the living crap out of me and uh, gave me some exercises. And, uh, yeah, like things got better, things felt better. I moved better. I thought, oh, this is really interesting. Um, uh, you can impact someone's injury and running, you know, a certain way um, as a physiotherapist and then, a few months later, I got another niggle, but couldn't get up to Leeds. Saw another physio, and like no respect to them, but they stuck a machine on me that didn't do a whole lot. So at this age, probably where you're open to influences, I had this these two very extreme sort of points of view on on what a physiotherapist is and what a physiotherapist can do. And then, yeah, at that same time, it's 2004 Olympics. Kelly Holmes wins two golds, and. Um, she credits it all to this physio, Alison Rose, who saved her running career. I was like, oh, I like that person, you know? Um, and so I thought, yeah, wow, it would be really cool to be able to sort of take that journey and be sort of the endurance physio at British Athletic in the UK one day. But more than that, uh, is the way Ali went about it and her kindness and her nature um, and understanding of you as an individual, that that was uh, really something that sort of... Um, sort of struck a chord with me and uh yeah i think um yeah that's probably sort of laid some of the some of the groundwork in terms of like treating someone not just as a, an injury but as an individual and holistically and with empathy you know and then tied in with that growing up i would say one of the biggest influences on 
my philosophy of hard work, I guess, really would be, uh, would be my, my parents. Um, so especially my dad is someone who he, he did his degree later on in life. So me and my ever twin sister, we spent our, uh, sort of childhoods, um, at weekends running around sort of Hanshi university whilst my, my dad and my mum were photocopying books and books and books, um, you know, pages of books and, you know, sacrificing several forests and trees, um, for, for photocopying as it was predating internet. Um, and, uh, and my dad is old school. So yeah, seeing him working hard at the weekends with that, but also bringing work home, you know, he worked in law, so bringing work home and, um, having piles of papers all around him as he, he'd watch sport on TV at the weekend, but be working a good 70 hours easy a week. Um, and that was tied in with the, just a sport for my mum to help with that, you know, and sort of laid some real foundational, um, sort of principles about hard work and support and, you know, um, yeah, how you sort of went about solving problems, I guess. It's really great to have that. Um, well, that story about the example of hard work from, from such a, a young age, um, you told us, you told us when we were talking before about this moment where, um, you, uh, someone challenged you to work smarter rather than harder. And that was a bit of a, a jolt <laughs> to the system. Tell us a bit more about that. Yeah. Uh, it's funny actually. Um, so actually my wife coined that phrase this, this weekend in, in Paris. Uh, so, um, I gave it a look. So, um, <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, so someone tried to give me advice. Um, it was a line manager of mine, the boss of mine about needing to work smarter, not harder. And, um, I, I understand now definitely that it came from a good place and it came from a place of just sort of trying to, um, distill some, um, some advice but at the time I, I got this um almost like this sort of uh visceral anger towards comment you know I, it just really is sort of i found it affronted to my personal values you know like no hard you don't get anywhere without hard work and if i give the story about my father you know there's so much you can see why i would have that opinion um and i took it as like this laziness in that in that sort of suggestion you know um, but I do understand the context around it and that actually you can work very hard, but not very smart and you're not really going to get anywhere. So I, I sort of take a more pragmatic view now, definitely that there's working harder. Well, there's working hard and hard work you can't get away from, but you can do it smartly, you know? Um, and so, yeah, I guess that would show us a bit of growth on my side. And what really comes through to me is your willingness to examine your values and appreciate a different mm -hmm. perspective and evolve you know when you work with athletes now mm. it may or may not be true but do you sometimes find that your more holistic approach is maybe a bit challenging to them maybe they're more prone to either be either narrower or performance you know to take a different aspect do you ever find that, you, that you're on the journey in bringing someone along to see themselves more holistically yeah, definitely. I think um, so. I guess it depends what role I, um, what roles I'm uh, undertaking with that athlete. You know, if it's if I'm um, purely their physiotherapist, you know, um, so they they've engaged with me for a particular service. So I've got to be respectful that they're only asking 
for this part of me and or this sort of aspect, you know, where they want my input. So I guess uh, probably earlier on, I was, I would say, because my, my view is a holistic approach and, you know, you, you can't look at X without looking at Y, et cetera. Um, if, if there was particular elements around maybe it's like their program that was implicit injury, I, I could have been more sort of um, black and white and um, as a Yorkshireman, a little bit blunt with maybe that component. Um, I would say as uh, as I've grown, I, I have more appreciation of what they're asking for me and what they what they want. You're coming into a bit of wisdom as well as a physiotherapist, as a coach. You know, you've been yep. there, seen it, done it. You you have a broader, more mature perspective. Do you find that you want to um, give people what you can maybe see they need rather than what they're showing up and asking for what they want? How do you balance that? So, um, yeah, I think it's this individualistic approach, you know. Um, so I think um, I, I've learned to acknowledge what they're, they've come and they've asked for and respecting always that that's the element they might want as a physiotherapist for example um but also if you for me it's you you build the relationship you build the trust with that individual um and so um if you're in a place where there is a mutual respect and an element of trust then you can have honest conversations so from there you, you know with those honest conversations you it's maybe about asking something in, in the right way that can, you know, add an element of challenge, but in a safe way. Um, so, yeah, I think, uh, you know, sometimes I like to be a devil's advocate in situations, you know, um, and I think, yeah, philosophically, if you have, if you have eight people and, you know, sort of seven are agreeing, it's someone's responsibility to be the one that disagrees just to challenge that robustness of the approach. Um, so, uh, yeah, I would say if, yeah, if, if you, if there's situations where you see like, um, there's this big gap over here that needs sort of looking at, um, it, it's asking a question in the right way. That's key because you can point out the gap and you can point out the, you know, in inverted commas fault, um, in, in the system, but if you do it the wrong way, it can be quite threatening and aggressive. So it, it's how you. It's how you phrase something, how you deliver it is always key in my mind. But if I'm talking about the athletes I, I coach, I, I have this, let's say, there's a, my view is holistic. So I, I feel like we, we have established that, you know, I'm, I'm there as a facilitator, I'm there as a coach, I'm there to challenge and um, improve them, not only as athletes, but as people as well. So, um, yeah, I think um, with that, there's the license to, you know, have open conversations and challenging conversations about them as people as well. Because, you know, it's that phrase, it's a great phrase, um, how you do anything is how you do everything. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's um, after I think like if you're an athlete and, you know, so give one of my own as an example, if you're, if, if you're a sprinter and, you know, you're spending this much time training, but then you're, you know, you're outside of the training, 
you're choosing to make choices around lifestyle that aren't conducive to recovery or performance, um, then, you know, are you an elite athlete? Would be my question and how, you know, how you do it and things, how you do everything. Mm. If you're sort of, you know, sort of worried about whether you're running a rep with the wind into the wind, sort of, you know, what sort of time you're wanting to hit, but then you're eating a burger afterwards. It's like, well, you know, where where's the continuity in CrossFit? Yeah. Can you um and the integrity in it? Can you give us a sort of a practical example of when, you know, maybe with one of the athletes you've coached or coaching of mm-hmm. when actually this kind of more holistic approach rather than just potential focus mm-hmm. on training or performance is kind of sure. is 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 showing a benefit or you know yeah, helping them to improve yeah yeah sure so one of my athletes at the moment um so he's a lovely guy um and uh he's great he's a great trainer and um he's he's a great competitor but um we we have this issue with him really that um every time he gets into a british championship he pulls his hamstring or tweaks his hamstring and it's not um from a physio as well, and and a, and a qualified SNC, coach my masters is SNC. Um, we've we've done all the tests, we've done all the rehab, we've done all the sort of um, conditioning. This hamstring is strong. This hamstring can take the load. Load progression is sensible and slow, and you know we're exposing to high velocities in training and building a technical model of how to execute the run and. Uh, Basically, he gets himself into this situation where it's probably a threat state. Um, and they're you know, using Steve Peters' sort of model, you know, you have your, your chimp brain and your human brain and computer. And essentially, he gets into this threat situation and he's full on chimp. And kind of what kind of happens is basically he, his technical model, his technical execution goes out the window and he just runs as hard as he can, <laughs> uh, would be the simple way to put it. But He's so um, he's he's got so much physical qualities that basically his hamstrings don't do this. And um, yeah, the latest result was um, the situation actually in British indoors where he he got drawn. So indoors, two hundred meters is um, it's a championship event for British champs, but not at European or world level because you get such an advantage on your lean draw. So he was he won his heat. He was fastest qualifier. Justifiably, because where you where you get qualified allows you to have favoured lane selection. So part of your strategy is to be the best qualifier. In his semi, he got given lane five against a competitor, which in lane six was going to be challenging. So instantly, in his head, I should have been given lane six. I've been given lane five. That's wrong. That's you know it's unfair. And also, he's in a place where he feels he's at disadvantage. So it's full on threat state. You know. Um, and yeah, he went out and Hampton cramped at 40 meters where he's not even up at velocities where it should be, a, you know, a stress on his hamstring. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and yeah, sort of, so he, he, you know, he, he then decided in his week off that he was going to play football. So he then decided he then did his hamstring, good problem, <laughs> which is another conversation. Um, but he wanted me to have a look at it. So obviously um, with the physio hat on, um, so yeah, come on. Okay, let's have a, have a look at this. So he comes and we have a look and it confirmed. Yeah, you've had a, 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 good in, uh, a good go at this here. 
okay, right, he's about to leave and head back across to Hull. So, no, 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 let's go for a walk. Let's walk the dog. Um, I just asked him questions about himself, what he wants to do with life, you know, what he wants to do is running. Where he came down to really is sort of like, he, for me, a case of like, he doesn't know himself and he doesn't know his values, which is very common for anyone in their 20s, to be honest with you. Mm -hmm. no. If you don't know yourself and you don't know your values and you don't understand yourself as a sprinter, what are you going to lean back on when you're in a challenge state, a threat state, and your your chimp is full, full on, you know? So my take on it with him is I want him to um, spend some time to really understand who he is, what his values are, who he is as a person. So then you have that security in your identity, you know? At the moment, I would say, yeah, he, and he'll admit this, he doesn't quite know himself mm. um, as an individual, um, doesn't quite know himself as a sprinter, so how he's going to run his best race. And um, So when you get into this threat state, what is there to lean back on? Mm. Nothing apart from, I know that I'm fast, and I know I'm physically strong, so I'm just going to run the crap out of this and yeah. hope well, you know? Because everyone stands at the start line and everyone's got 200 meters to run, but he stood on that side and he, bit, he felt like he, he was already behind mm. and he needed to mm. catch up. And it's like, well, everyone's got 200 meters, mate. You're not behind. Yeah. Alex, there'll be people listening to this, I think, marveling at how, so you're really living out the curiosity, the, you know, wanting to solve a puzzle, mm -hmm. empathetic, holistic look at people. What do you do to make sure you are skilled and kind of like practically capable to have these conversations with people and approach it in this way? How, how do you make sure you're tooled up for this, if you like? Um, I mean, I, I, I personally, uh, I think there's a lot of experiential learning there. Um, just being in the environments that I work with, I work in professionally, you know, as a physiotherapist in high performance sport, mm. um, you know, working as a lecturer, there's that element there where there's the sort of mentorship and pastoral care um, with, with students. Um, so I think there's those applied experiences as well. Um, I would also say I do a lot of reading. Um, like, yeah, my my um, sort of books that I read are all tend to be on like behavioral and organizational psychology um, rather than, uh, yeah, anything fiction. Um, I'm quite boring that way. I'm always reading books which which again i guess comes from my my dad so he his selection of books was all on uh, social economics and and philosophy rather than yeah sort of more typical reading so i think it just that example growing up means that yeah you, you can branch out away from maybe sort of yeah other things i guess yeah there's that range in i'm hearing that range of what you consume and what you learn and your ability to then bring that into your field and you're clearly a massive lifelong learner is that is that yeah. a, an upbringing thing do you think yeah I'd, I'd say so again like i say my my, my father get a degree in later life but um yeah i think it's it, it ties into constantly growing and you know wanting puzzles so i'm in the middle of um my second master's now so um yeah uh i'm always looking for challenges i'm always wanting to grow and I think I, I probably have periods in life where I'm um, going into a sort of like, like this is a heavy work phase, you know, where I'm, I'm sort of deep in work. And then I have a phase where it's sort of like, okay, 
come out of that sort of reflected this is the right route I'm going down or come out and come out of that and pivot and okay, these are my gaps, this is where I want to grow stronger um and develop more and then yeah, go down this direction. Um some of that is strategic, some of that is opportunity, I guess, you know. Um so yeah, um and it kind of also depends on the cultures I'm in working in as well, the teams I'm in. Yeah. I'm hearing you really living out that experiential learning cycle of do some stuff. Then maybe mm. pause, reflect, think about what happens next. There's always a bit of luck, maybe in some of this as well. But yeah, yeah, yeah. I think um, I think those pauses can sometimes be um, sort of quite natural um, as well. And so it's sort of recognizes recognizing these are times to reflect. You know, I think COVID was a I saw COVID as a massive opportunity. To be honest with you, um, it was a, a time when you couldn't move. <laughs> necessarily so uh, as someone who tends to spend their life bouncing around different places staying in one place when it's during the period of time having that chance to maybe take a breath spend some time with loved ones but also um, there was a massive opportunity to sort of take deep dives into uh, sort of topics and, and upskilling areas and consolidate learning um, and philosophies and principles you know in that time as well so um yeah like so uh my wife furloughed but uh i seem to be working more than ever but not on work if that makes sense Mm. yeah do you have um do you have one habit that you would recommend to other people who are looking to you know kind of foster that learning growing lifelong habit lifelong learning process i'd say ask questions Massively, ask questions. Uh, don't be scared of sounding stupid. You know, um, no matter how stupid a question is, someone else might be thinking it. You know, so ask questions in meetings. Ask questions in teams. Ask questions to people, um, and even ask questions of yourself. You know, um, so I've been very fortunate that I've had some uh, really sort of wonderful people and wonderful clinicians that I've managed to. Um, I would say collide with, um, and you know, um, what uh, one of them is uh, an Australian physio, Howard Turner, who sort of one of my training partners. Said I'd go see him. Uh, you know, he's a he's a good guy and he's an expert in in SIJ. And I went to see him, and we were, you know, physio treat physios. You're asking questions, and then uh, yeah, from there, he asked me to give him his CV quite nonchalantly. I'll uh, give me give him my CV rather quite nonchalantly and um i thought he was joking two weeks later he emailed me and said i haven't got your cv i was like oh okay you, you mean this so uh here's my cv this is when i'm 23 by the way and um yeah um it gave me a job and from there it was a great sort of ability to learn from him and uh you know um be mentored by him and then there was an, another physio that i saw present james moore who this encyclopedic knowledge and a brilliant way of thinking it's um i was like i need to spend more time with this guy and so i've spent the last 10 plus years harassing him with questions and spending time with him and you know had the opportunity to collaborate with him on on one or two projects but um yeah i would say if you find someone that stimulates you and challenges you and um you feel that they can add something ask questions harass them you know, 
take what you can. That would be my uh, my advice. Great. Um, we started off the interview talking about you talking about challenges and puzzles. Um, mm -hmm. Let's end it in the same place. What's the next challenge? What's the next puzzle for you in your life looking ahead the next few months? Uh, um, I said, if, if you ask my wife, the next challenge will be to get a little bit more balance. And, um, <laughs> yeah, and get a bit more sleep. Um, so, um, yeah. That's that's something that's probably a constant project for me. Um, but I'd say the next challenge for me really is um, it, it's probably just continuing to grow. Um, looking at like you know I'm working in triathlon now, um, so uh, obviously Paris 2024 is around the corner. But there's so much more in my career that I want to achieve, and you know environments I want to experience as well. Um, so I think you've always got to be. Um, sort of keen to just yeah grow and, and build um, but enjoy the journey as well um, for sure um, and as long as I'm working with good people and um, we're sort of you know trying to pick, a, pick apart a puzzle and uh, enjoying that, uh, that project and that experience and yeah it's always exciting right so exciting. Thank you, Alex, uh, for coming on the podcast today. We've learned so much about lifelong learning, the importance of the individual, but yet a holistic view for that individual. Um, and just want to wish you all the best, especially for Paris 2024. Make sure you bring back some of those gold medals. That's the plan. Gary, what was that? That was an, an amazing chat with Alex. He's such a humble person. Yeah. Yeah, as we said at the beginning, there's that uh, assumption that he lives in a high-performance world. Before, you know, outcomes are expected. And he has found lots of ways of yeah, just wearing that very lightly and making his contribution. Yeah, and making his contribution in a, comp in a different way to others or, you know, Standing standing aside from, or at least finding his own methodology, perhaps, is is the right is the right way of uh, expressing that. No, no, completely. And if I had to sort of describe his methodology, I'm not sure I could because he's a um, not succinctly, um, because he's a blended person, right? There's the body, there's the mind, there's his interest in the wider individual, and their like social setting and motivations. Um, and he seems to always be working on his on his method. Yeah, if you like, constantly learning it. That was the thing that kind of really came across strongly from for me. You know, even going back to the um, model that his dad and his mum set for him. Um, fascinating to hear about that, um, but how that's then been kind of challenged a little bit. But then, really, you know, that work ethic is is there, right? Uh, as a foundation yeah. and and um, driving him onward still. I just feel that I actually feel quite grateful on that. That the so he clearly had a great some great role models there around work, learning, etc. And as you as you're forming your identity as you get older, you you've got some choices to make about what you keep and what you don't from your influences. And I'm feeling very grateful <laughs> that what Alex chose to keep were 
some, I think, some phenomenally valuable uh, ways of being around exactly that. His, his, his bit of the work hard, the learning, the holistic nature of this, um, doing it, doing something which has got a bit of a service orientation, I think, as well. Yeah. Came through. Totally. I think that's the really interesting thing about it because, you know, there's one outworking of working hard, which is, you know, kind of completely driven of on kind of output and on outcomes even um but he's not like that i mean obviously he's in a high performance sport and you know the outcomes are a part of that but his approach is very much about the individual and every individual being different and kind of exploring that and you know his his view of coach being there not just about to be about a better athlete but actually to help you know, make them a better person um, and and how that's different for, you know, there's a very human element of that. Massively. Do you know what? Actually, do you know what I think it is partly is he really cares. Yeah. And he knows that caring for people is massively important. Um, and that's part of his integrity, isn't it? Yeah. Is is bringing that forward, having the courage to do it and, and also knowing that it is, you know, part of the key to, to, to getting the outcome that everyone wants, which is great performance. Yeah, you you use the word service just before, and I think that's exactly what it is. It's um, everything he does, whether that's learning or treating, or you know, his whole approach is about um, being in the service of others. Yeah, maybe even to the extent where he was very vulnerable with us as well, and we asked him um, what was coming up for him, and he talked about getting more balance and and a rest, and that when you've got a calming. That can be a thing, yeah. right? Is making sure you build in enough self-renewal time is quite important. <laughs> so this week, our go-do is all about cultivating learning and but thinking in that about why and who you're learning that for and who might benefit as a result. Yeah, love that actually, because uh, it's well understood that learning is um, a really important thing for a long and happy life. And goodness me, the pace of change in the world and society really means you've got to you know it's just cliche but you've got to be running almost to stand still what i feel though is that having a certain like a service orientation for that and um you know because you're going to want to keep going and um knowing who you're learning for and and the why behind that and directing it towards others great is great motivational for you i think Mm. So, and this is applicable not just for elite sport physios. <laughs> yeah. this, is, this is applicable for everyone, whether it's a parent and, you know, how you can learn to parent better for the benefit of your kids or, you know, a teacher or, um, you know, even leading a team at work or volunteer, volu uh, volunteer team. Like, you know, how are you learning to apply that better for the, the, the good of other people around you? 100%. 100%. We're all embedded, aren't we, in some sort of context or social context, exactly as you say, whether it's a family or the workplace or on a, a, a wider organisation, and we get our meaning in life in many ways through being with those people and, and doing things, being with and doing stuff together. So, yeah, it's it's absolutely around that. Um, so there might be three three questions that are starting to emerge, actually, in what you we, we've just been talking about, which... If we sort of take them in almost like a slightly reverse order, but a logical order of what are you learning? Who is it for? And how will they benefit as a result? Yeah. So um, 
I think that's very interesting, isn't it? Because we can learn in, in a different different ways, whether it's listening to a podcast like this, hopefully, <laughs> uh, reading, uh, however however it might be. What what's your what's your favourite way to learn at the moment, Gary? I am uh, I'm a deep experiential learner. I think so. I will. I've always been, this is as a bad habit when you do DIY, by the way, because you have to learn by doing and you've only got one house to practice on, which is <laughs> awful. But I'm a big, go, go out there, have some experiences, and then um, take that moment to reflect, learn, crystallize what sort of happened there, make sense of that concrete experience, and then plan and, and, and go again. And I do that. I do that in, in, in just an enormous amount. And it really augments all the great stuff that you just talked about then, the reading, mm. podcasting, and other stuff. How about you? What 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 do you do to to bring learning in for you? Um, I love a little podcast, especially if it's something that I could just fit into my walk to the station or something like that with a with a nugget. Um, one of my favourites at the moment is um, "Business Made Simple" by Donald Miller. Um, I hope that doesn't count as product product placement. Anyway, there's no rules about product placement on this podcast. Um, <laughs> and I also love I love a, I love a book. One of my favourite books is uh, "Range" by David Epstein come across mm. that um really a really interesting book about um generalism and in a spe- as how generalists uh, flourish in a specialized world um yeah. which as a generalist i'm very much in favor of um so those three questions again what are you learning who is it for and how will those people benefit as a result and we'd love to know. We'd love to know how you're learning. We'd love to know uh, what your favorite podcasts are, what your favorite books are, and uh, what's your learning point being for this, this week, and what Alex inspired you to. So let us know on social media at run underscore alive on Instagram. And you can find us on LinkedIn as well, the Run Alive podcast. We'd love to connect with you there. Brilliant, Ed. Thanks ever so much. Great conversation as ever. And uh, yeah, inspiring stuff. Thank you, Gary. Uh, Again, Alex, so inspiring. We hope you at home have all enjoyed it uh, and looking forward to another episode next week. 